This is Jets at Noon with Cameron Poitras and Jim Toth on 680-CJOB. Welcome to the show. Jim, how you doing? I'm well. Game day. How Game are you? Day. Let's go. Sabres, Jets, Jets back home. Yeah, finally after the longest road trip of the season, five games, Jets going two for three over that stretch. And, of course, they had that one game against Arizona that one Sunday, and they were coming off of um, a three-game road trip there itself. So back at home, three-game homestand, not going anywhere until, uh, of course, after the All-Star break. Buffalo Sabres. Uh, Winnipeg Jets get going 5 o'clock pregame show followed by play by play at 7 right here on 680 CJOB. Text the show 204-780-6868 204-780-6868 uh, Graham text the show our perennial Sabres fan 204-780-6868 Sabres at noon 2.0 last one of the season I'm ready for it. Graham Graham's a big uh, Sabres, Sabres fan. at noon did we copyright any of this Jetson? Um, I guess it's different. I guess name, I didn't know. I should. You know, it's that's the idea the of it, the concept. Sabres at noon. Hmm. To get into the game uh, tonight, we're joined now by Heather Engel. She's a Sabres correspondent with NHL.com. Hello, Heather. How are you doing? Good, thanks. How are you? Hi, Heather. Thanks for joining. Do you like that Sabres at noon? Is that an idea? Are your wheels turning? <laughs> No. Sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let you guys have that. Nah, yeah, yeah, we yeah. Feel free. I got a bunch of other good ideas. You guys can have that one. <laughs> uh, it's game 50 for the Winnipeg Jets. Um, and I was watching the Winnipeg Blues and uh, uh, and the and the Buffalo Sabres earlier this week. And it, if it wasn't for UPL and net, um, it looked like there was going to be a, a, a come from behind victory there for the Blues, particularly in the third period. UPL was he was stacked here um, on, on on Tuesday, and he was he was all all up in that five three victory. Is, is this UPL's net for the rest of this season? I mean, I look statistically at, at Craig Anderson, and his numbers are better. But is this, is this the is this the net uh, for UPL over the rest of the season? And the Sabers going to ride or die with him? It certainly looks like it. It's I mean, this is what they were. It was. I mean, Eric Comey just sort of made it the luck that they could get to see him in a long stretch. And he's, after a bit of a shaky start after he came up, he started to find his game and get more used to the NHL shooters and everything. And, yeah, I mean, Don Granato said, has said repeatedly, basically, it's, you know, the guys, if, the, if all three are healthy – the edge is going to him. I mean, they, he's one of their goalies of the future. They've been waiting to see it, and now they're seeing it and gives him a chance to win. And as they're surprisingly pushing for, you know, a chance at a playoff spot, go with the guy that gives you the best chance to win. Is this season still about the future a little bit, Heather? Is it is it about the 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 Sabres looking and saying we're going to get UPL reps even if we don't make the playoffs? And it certainly looks like they're they're making a big chase for it. So is is it about right now as well as uh, the next coming years as well? Yeah, it's definitely at the start of the season. I think it was development because you had a lot of it was. I mean, they still are a very young team, but you had you know Jackson. youngest in the league. I think if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. 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 So even and that's with the oldest guy in the league on their team. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was about development. But you know, remarkably, they're you know now only three points out of a spot. So I'm sure as they've seen them progress and grow, which they wanted to see, it's you know a bit about the now and a bit about the future because they need to be in those kind of spots of learning how to compete for a playoff spot because that's what they want to do in the long term is you know make the playoffs and then obviously go further so it's i mean you can see 
the decisions they're making are about letting those kids develop, but also, you know, at the same time, them learning to develop is learning to put, go through situations that mm-hmm. most of the roster hasn't experienced before. Uh, Heather, I wanted to ask you a twofold question. With Jack Eichel being gone, we hear about culture all the time in the hockey room, in the hockey world. How much did the culture change with that trade? And then how much does Don Granato get credit for sort of, I know they're fighting for a playoff spot, not in it yet, but sort of where they are right now? Uh, okay. So the first thing on the culture, it's changed. It's just, it's just, a, I mean, granted, to, you know, this is the first year we're back in the room since, you know, before COVID, but it just, it's a very different camaraderie in the group among the group. I mean, there were there were guys, you know, lots of guys liked each other and had their friends. But like in normal work situations and in normal hockey rooms, you're going to have sometimes you'll have groups that'll stick. You know, a couple of guys will stick together more than others. This room, they, you know, we walk in the room and there's a bunch of them still hanging around after practice in the room, even after you know while we're if they, they're not rushing off to get out of there or whatnot these guys yeah. like hanging around with each other they they just they really enjoy each other's company at the rink away from the rink it just it's it's just such a different vibe something i like and i've been you know covering hockey for a long time and it just it's nothing i've seen before that i've or at least that i can't remember it just it's really just a really good vibe and camaraderie that they have going on and yeah i mean Granado deserves a ton of credit. As, I mean, Kevin Adams as well. The, it starts at the top. They've Kevin Adams has put people in there who have wanted to be there. And, I mean, these guys, you know, yes, there was all the losing, but the guys in the room, they all want to change it around. And it's, I don't know, I think it was Don Granado said, you know, these guys don't, aren't, actually, I don't know if it was Granado, but I forget who it was that said, you know, these guys, they haven't experienced the losing the same way the previous group had, you know, of, of the group that they're basically all gone of all those guys. And these guys don't know that kind of losing aside from, you know, a couple of years ago with the 18 game losing streak. And even then that was like new to a lot of them, but uh, yeah, they, they've really put in a culture and a belief in these guys, both of them. Just to kind of, springboard off of that and, and that losing in this team sort of not experiencing them. I mean, how many years has it been since the Sabres have been in the playoffs? Is it 14? Am I, am I correct in that, Heather? It, the last time they made it was 2011. So is there a belief amongst these guys? I mean, when I was looking at the Sabres uh, recently and I saw the amount of, I mean, I think they're almost up there. I know they're first in the league in, in terms of goals per game. Um, and I looked at how much they were scoring and I think they were maybe six or seven points out of a playoff spot. They had a bunch of games in hand as well. And I, I looked at, you know, the the numbers that were continuing to improve in their goaltending and their goals um, against average was falling. And I'm thinking, like, you know, this might be that team that, you know, we always talk about American Thanksgiving or you guys will probably just call it Thanksgiving, but we have pure goal American Thanksgiving. But American Thanksgiving is kind of the sort of that – that that's sort of that benchmark time where it's like, okay, this is this is the date where a 75, 80% of teams don't make uh, that aren't in a playoff spot at this point aren't going to be making the postseason. Um, and it, it seems like to me that the Sabres are going to be that team that bucks that trend. It's going to be that 25 to, to 20% team that gets into the playoffs. If the numbers hold here, I can't see why. I mean, they're plus 20 goal differential right now. I can't see how these guys aren't going to be into the postseason. Yeah, I mean, right now they're – three points out of the second wild card spot, which is Washington. And they have 
three games in hand on Washington, mm-hmm. and uh, but like they're t- they're three points behind Washington and Pittsburgh, who play tonight. They play each other tonight, so they're hoping that one goes to you know just ends in regulation. But they're three points behind. They've got three games in hand on Washington. They have the same amount of games played as Pittsburgh. But you know if if they keep playing and just that keep like we talked about before the growth and development, they learn to they're getting and they get the goaltending and the goals against go down. They can, you know, there's... Do the fans believe, Heather? Do the, does, does the, I mean, I know the, they're heartbroken over the Bills and losing to the, the Cincinnati Bengals, but is, is the city, is Buffalo, are they, are they believing in these guys? I think a lot of fans do, and there are a lot of fans who are still skeptical because, understandably, they've been yeah. hurt in the past. Because we've seen it in the past where they've been close-ish to a playoff spot, at least in the... This is my fifth season covering the Sabres. They've been close-ish, and then they just completely fall apart. But, I mean, aside from an eight-game losing streak this year, they've been, as one of my colleagues tweeted out the other day, they were like 25-11-3. I think this was, before, I don't remember which day it was this week, he tweeted that. Uh, they were, outside of that eight-game losing streak, they're 25-11-3 and and this season, which is a pretty impressive record considering, it, you know, mm-hmm. no one expected them to be doing that. I can't believe he asked you about the Bills already. That's just rude, Heather. <laughs> I apologize. There's a lot of us here that kind of adopted the Bills and thought that maybe this was the year. Um, but on a serious note, so what do you make of this game tonight? Because in the previous one, like the Jets are locked and loaded. They're a top 10 team in the National Hockey League. Even though they won that game, um, like that's what's interesting about the Sabres. If they don't get in this year, they're there. Like they're they're on the right trajectory and they will real soon. Um, it's real interesting that these two teams match up to me because the the Sabres outplayed them and lost. What do you make of this matchup tonight with with this Jets team? It's going to be interesting, yeah, because you know they'll have to see what they've learned from facing Connor Hellebuck last time, what they can take away from that. And last time they had Lukanen in goal. Today it looks like it'll be Eric Comrie starting, so it's going to be very interesting because it'll be just his second start since coming back from injury and you know it's it'll be his first time having a healthy defense in front of him in a while aside from you know when he had it the last time he played but you know it was his first game back in six weeks so it'll be it, it'll be an interesting I, I'm like it's, and they didn't Sabres didn't practice yesterday because they played off the back-to-back and Don Granada likes the way his team is fresh so it'll be just to see how Comrie handles the first 10 minutes if his teammates are a little slow to start because they didn't practice, although they had a morning skate today. It'll just, that's what I'm curious to see is how Comrie handles his first game in and how they handle him being in. Winnipeg Jets uh, welcoming the Buffalo Sabres to town at Canada Life Center. Pre-game gets going at 5 o'clock. Puck drop at 7 right here on 680 CJOB. Heather Angle, she's a Sabres correspondent with NHL.com. Joining us, uh, Heather, thanks so much for your time. Really appreciate it. You take care, okay? Enjoy the game tonight. Thanks, you too. Thanks, Heather. Um, The other thing is is the Rasmus Dahlin. Yeah, Um, he's been Like some people predict when he's going to break out. Some people, like for a first overall pick, it's just coming to full fruition. Mm -hmm. And he's still so young. And Owen Power's coming up. I mean, those guys are going to be one, two, you know what I mean? Um, It's just, the thing about the Sabres is they're, and if this, if if UPL here, and he's going to be the guy, and he played fantastic against the St. Louis Blues uh, just a couple nights ago. And if he can continue to do that, um, the Sabres are a team. 
The Sabres are going to be a team. They're finally going to bust out of this. This is Darlene's fifth season as the first overall pick. He was in the show right away. Like, he came in as an 18-year-old, first overall. That surprised me it's been five years. 2018. I thought it was his third year. Yeah, me It surprised me, too. too. The first year he played 82 games, had 44 points, Mm. but was minus 13. Next season, he only played 59 games. He had 40 points. This is where it gets difficult. In his third year, 2021, the the bubble season, 56 games, minus 36, 23 points, the bubble season Mm. and everything else. Then last year he had 53 points in 80 games and was minus 22. Now I know plus minus isn't the variable yeah. or anything, but, but I when mean, you're, up when to you're that playing that many minutes yeah, and on the ice that yeah. often, that's going to happen. But here's the thing this year. He's plus 19. Mm. Last year in 80 games he had 53 points. He's got 53 points in 46 games, and he's plus 19. Yeah, Like that's how much of a difference he is. He was on the ice, his fault or not. That's why plus minus isn't yeah. very accurate anymore. For 22, negative 22, that swing alone is plus 19. Yeah. That's a 40-point, well, less, just a 40-point swing for on-ice goals against, plus the offense has already matched last year's in half the time. You always talk about accuracy in terms of plus-minus. And what's that number? It's like, it's it's accurate to about plus or minus, about plus-minus. This is confusing to say, but it's... Yeah, I go back years ago. Tanner Glass had a conversation yeah. with me. I asked him about plus minus. He goes, "The thing with plus minus is it's always five to ten off minimum." Yeah. And I go, "Why is that?" He goes, "Well, and they just got back from the Pittsburgh game where they lost eight seven or mm-hmm. Philadelphia or something." And he said, "Well, for example, Hainsey turned the puck over. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. Hainsey. Hainsey turned the puck <laughs> yeah. over twice and came to the bench as mm-hmm. opposed to trying to get back. Bufflin jumped on the ice. He's minus two twice on yeah. breakaways, and he had nothing to do with the play." Yeah, uh, pregame gets going at 5 o'clock, puck drop at 7, Buffalo, Winnipeg. We'll be right back. More to come here on the other side. Uh, who are some of the names attached to the Winnipeg Jets? How much cap space could the Winnipeg Jets have at the deadline? I found this. I was surprised. I'll tell you all about that, as well as the starting lineup for tonight's game after 1230. Don't go anywhere. Jets at noon on 680 CJOB. The one-minute power play with Sarah McCarthy. Power plays. I never. This is never planned. I think people should know. I never know what you're going to. This is a Sarah McCarthy power play. Now I'm. I'm going to. What I'm going to come at you now is, and if we get a certain text message, you can always text us, and we'll get Sarah's advice on this tomorrow. Two zero four seven eight zero life advice. So I'm going to give you a Buffalo Sabers fact. Okay. Or Buffalo fact, the city of Buffalo fact. Okay. The Hotel Buffalo was the first hotel in the world to feature a private bath in each room. Wow. Okay. And look where we are now. We've we've really come a long way thanks <laughs> Wait, to Hotel used Buffalo. To walk down the hall and I'm sure there like was shared those, bathrooms in yeah. those western movies. Yeah, I'm sure there was shared bathrooms. Well, thanks to Come that on, hotel. room 201. <laughs> yeah. I got to go. <laughs> this guy's been You know, it's a community bath. You can't have a mm. hour and a half long. Yeah. Bath here, buddy. It's a it's a community bath, not a lounge. Let's go. Were showers even a thing back then, Sarah? What do you think? I I don't think so. I think I people think just bathed. just straight In bath. The yeah. Books. Well, could think you need like actual like. <laughs> I mean, bathe like you would have that tub with the vase in every Western movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fetch me some clean water. Yeah. Bring me some. Way. Bring me some mm-hmm. soap. We've come so far, haven't we, <laughs> yeah. Sarah? Now yes. there's a there's a washroom in every hotel room. Exactly. Yeah. Thank Thanks goodness. to Buffalo. Yeah. Thanks goodness. Thank goodness for that. And that's that. your Sarah McCarthy power play. One minute power play. See you tomorrow. <laughs>
The enthusiasm. Jeez. Wow. Thanks, Sarah. I, I like it. Life advice. Text in every day, and we'll go, Sarah. Yeah. If you want life advice, we'll ask Sarah. 204 Could be as simple as O. Henry or Kit Kat. Yeah. Could be anything. It could be trivia, like today. Yeah. Or it could be, you know, I'm dating someone, but I have a massive crush on their brother. I don't know what to do. Yeah, the stuff is all open for Sarah, 204-780. Or you can can email me at cam at cjob.com. And and you better get those emails and texts in fast because we have no clue how long this segment will actually last. We have a daily meeting, so this yeah. could be the last one this, this after could, today, but uh, we get, get them dragged in, in today yeah, and say this is the in. last time. But uh, 204-780-6868. Got some great text messages here. Uh, we're speaking about Graham, uh, the Sabres fan. He texts the show. He says, tonight's game worries me because they aren't a heavy team. Uh, matched up against the Winnipeg Jets. This is their third game in four nights versus a physical, heavy-style team, Dallas, St. Louis, Winnipeg. Uh, They picked up wins in Dallas and St. Louis. The fatigue is concerning. Uh, They've held up well so far, but I could see a dud from the Sabres. Wouldn't shock me. That one from Graham. And this from Colin. Uh, Hey, guys, just curious to see if you think that the teams in the NHL still see the Sabres as one of the lesser teams, and this becomes a trap game for the Jets, or do you think the guys are taking them seriously, especially after a couple of weeks ago when it was an incredible game in Buffalo? Thanks. That one from Colin. Well, Colin, I definitely think it's the, it's the latter there. I mean, I, I think that this team is being taken very seriously by this by this club. Um, I, I don't think anybody can question the Sabres' ability to put the puck in the net. Uh, they're tied with, um, if, if not slightly over, the Boston Bruins in terms of being able to score so any team that is at the top of the league in 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 the ability to put the puck on the net i i don't think that you can take them lightly at all and i think that the winnipeg jets and you heard that from pierre luc dubois talking about he felt like uh, it was a bit of a step back over the over the course of that road trip i mean they going two and three this team does not want to be going two and three over road trips or over five game stretches so i do see this as a game that the winnipeg jets are going to look to solidify and, and head into the all-star break with uh Three wins, hopefully. We'll see what how things happen. I don't think it's a trap game because the Buffalo Sabres come in having won four straight. They're 5-4-1 four, and one in their last 10, so that means uh, they are red hot right now in their last 10 at this point of it, and they're plus 20 in the goal differential. Yeah. Um, again, I, I did the math, and thanks for the texter who helped me with the math on Rasmus Dahlin turnaround from last year plus minus. So he's got the exact same amount of points he had in 80 games last year, right now in 46 games this year. Um, and he is a, a difference of 41 goals for and against in the plus minus of being on the ice. That is, that's a dramatic turnaround. Like you look at anybody who finishes minus 20 and you go, if you could change that from 10 to 15, you could be, for example, Mark Shifley from last year to this year is, and although that was a full season last year is negative one. He was negative 17 at the end of the regular season. So halfway through the season, he's 16 better. Mm -hmm. Um, If you can improve 10 to 15 in the plus minus, and again, it's not a very accurate um, sign at all, Mm -hmm. but uh, it just kind of speaks to how the improvement overall from individual to team game has been. And Rasmus Dahlin is at the forefront and the Sabres too. Like for the team to be plus 20 in the goal differential, I, I think this is not a trap game. I think the Jets know how good Buffalo is. Um, Tag Tage, sorry, Tage. Thompson. Yeah, don't call me Tag. Uh, remember Tag on Friends? 
I know. He dated Jennifer Aniston or Rachel or whoever it was. Oh, I, you know, I'm very – I've seen – obviously, I've seen Friends. I've, I've never, like, dug okay. into it. You don't have to explain it. This is not yeah. what the show is about. Okay. It's not about recall. I don't know. I feel like I have to when people, like – I get Friends references <laughs> all the time that I just go yeah. over my head. But uh, Remember this movie? I'm more of no, a Seinfeld guy. <laughs> I'm always more of a Seinfeld guy. Um, Tage Thompson wasn't very effective against the Jets last yeah. time. And, and having watched him play about five games this year – uh, he like, and I mean that just not because he didn't score much, yeah. but just because he didn't look like it was one of his better games. Yeah, they kept so him the outside and stuff. Yeah, they played. They had yesterday off, and and uh, uh, I think this is a big game. And and I do think that this team needs to get home and get some rest. I I, I don't mind the idea. It's not a trap game in my mind to the mm-hmm. texter, but I I don't think it's going to be easy. And it wouldn't surprise me. I'm fifty fifty on this game tonight because the first game back at home and you're getting rest, but you're not rested. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, you know, the teams on the road, they've won four in a row, the Sabres. This is going to be a big game tonight. It's going to be an interesting test. I am, as you know, for a year now, I'm fascinated by the Sabres. I yeah. think the Sabres um, and the Detroit Red Wings are well on their way to being turned around, and it's just about growth and development now. And we're going to mm-hmm. get into the trade deadline talk now. Yeah. That's what we were hearing around Buffalo. They are young enough. They're really young. Mm-hmm. They've got picks, and they've amassed this. They feel that they're on the cusp, so they're looking to get – veterans now they're looking at the chickens they're looking at mm-hmm. um the bull horvats because they feel that their youth is maturing on pace and will be mature probably next year and they're looking to add some veterans now yeah and this is the situation that the, that they're in here and i think they might even take a step back this next year there's more tape on them there's more coaches know what to do when they're handling the sabers and how to stymie their offense and stuff like that i think even if they take a little bit of a step back this year i don't i don't think it it changes their trajectory where these guys are going to be in three to four years if things go well for them. Um, taking a look at the Winnipeg Jets lineup after the morning skate here. Mason Appleton still out there in a non-contact red jersey. Uh, Josh Morrissey, uh, who had who had gone down the tunnel too at the end of the game. He was back there skating. He's, he's going to be in the starting lineup. Uh, lineup hasn't changed. Ehlers, Shifley, Wheeler, Connor, Dubois, Perfetti, uh, Baron, Lowry, Kuhlman, AJF, Axel Janssen, Fialbi, uh, Kevin Stenland, and then um, Saku Minalainen. On that fourth line there, Morrissey and DeMello, uh, top pairing on the defense. Uh, then Dylan and Pionk, and then Stanley and Schmidt. Stanley's going to stick around there. Uh, Hellebuck will get the start in that. Now, now I teased this heading into the uh, coming out of the last uh, break to open the show. This is interesting. And, I, I you know, <laughs> when it comes to the NHL salary cap, like, my goodness, great. It is so freaking complicated. And I'm not sure all, all this stuff comes together here. So I, I have to... Uh, I have to give credit to other people because if, if you're going to ask me how to explain the salary cap, I have no idea. I think I've tried to explain it one time, and I got a bunch of text messages and emails saying, Cam, uh, that's actually not how it works. Even so when I, I keep my help. hands away from this. Even um, when you asked me today and, and I tried to help, I was like, but check that. Yeah, <laughs> Here's so, what I think it was, but, yeah. but we should check that. So I, I, I pulled uh, um, a an actual definition of why the deadline cap is different than the regular cap and the whole situation around that. And I, you know, GMs in the league don't even properly understand the salary cap. They have guys on their roster, assistant GMs that, that this is all that they do is look at the salary cap and manage it. But the Winnipeg Jets, according to Chris Johnston, NHL insider and all that sort of thing, we're going to have Darren Dreger on the show at 1210 tomorrow. Make sure you're tuned in for that. We're going to talk all things uh, cap, all that, uh, where the Winnipeg Jets could go, all that sort of thing. So Darren Dreger is going to be joining us. And one of his colleagues, Chris Johnston, 
uh, said in a, in a recent video that I watched that the Jets could have a deadline cap hit of around seven and a half million dollars. That's even before subtract, uh, uh, subtracting any cash here. So the definition of this, according to CapFriendly.com, the deadline cap space is the total. <laughs> this is going to be real clear as mud, everybody. But just, just I got, I got to get this out here. The deadline cap space is the total sum of cap hit values that the current daily cap hit can be increased by on deadline day to remain compliant below the cap ceiling at season's end. Yes, of course. Uh, why Why couldn't somebody just explain it that simply to me before? Um, so that's the definition of why the deadline cap uh, is higher. But the Winnipeg Jets, seven and a half million bucks at the at the at the deadline. Um, that that could be a real big game changer. I mean, we were talking about that yesterday, Jim, about the, the Winnipeg Jets going big game hunting money like that, plus the ability to subtract some cash, which might be a real big part of this as well, as the Jets look towards this year and next year as well, I think in this in this cap. I don't I don't think the Jets are going to be looking past that and, and what this summer could mean to them and, and UFAs and RFAs and, and status and especially down the middle. But that kind of cash could allow these guys to be big game hunters, as you and Sean Reynolds from Sportsnet were talking about yesterday. Yeah, I, I do think they, they will be. I don't know if they'll get somebody. I do, I think without a doubt, they're going to augment the bottom six some depth, and yeah. I think that on the D-line too. Uh, I don't see even by the time the 3 p.m. deadline central time goes by uh, in a couple of weeks that they there's not at least one, hey, they've picked up this, which will essentially be at the very minimum a seventh defenseman or an extra forward. Um, but I do think they're going to go big game hunting. I think they are going to try and add to this cap space. Um, mm. And keep in mind, if it's not done till the deadline and you – I'll just throw out Patrick Kane makes ten million by the yeah. deadline. That'll be down to like two, two million out. Mm-hmm. So even with seven million cap space, they could still add him and some other ones. So yeah. I do think they're going to go big game hunting. The issue is, is as we talked yesterday, I, I think they have to do two folds. Like if what Nick Kiprio says is accurate, and no reason to believe it's not, that Pierre Luc Dubois isn't going to be here. So there's yeah. there's one A and one B of what they're going to do at this deadline. Yeah. And normally it's one A, what can we do for this year? And then one B is what can we do that would help us now, but also mm-hmm. going forward. To me, that be it's not one A, one B now. It's it, or sorry, it's not first and second. It's one A and one B because they need to bring some people in to augment this top ten team that they have. Yeah and make it better, hopefully, and then they they have to look at the big picture. And if you could bring on guys with contract, if you could bring on guys with with space, or just even have the conversations of, are you willing to stay? Yeah. The one, and the Jets have the had, they've like, had success keeping guys in situations like that instead of going out and trying to sign UFAs. The Jets really haven't had much success with that, but they've been able to keep guys around that they brought into the yes. organization, and that's a big piece of what these and guys so try to Ryan do. And so Ryan O'Reilly said yesterday in The Athletic that he does not want to leave St. Louis, and he hopes he's not traded. Yeah, That doesn't mean he won't be, and that doesn't mean that if they do that he'll be unhappy where he's going. He's just saying, I... He's also saying, without saying it, I'd like another contract here. Like, I'm yeah. going to play next year. I'm going to be a UFA, so mm-hmm. I, and I want it to be here. But that being said, those are the kind of guys I'm thinking of that you could bring in. Like, worst-case scenario, Pierre-Luc Dubois doesn't want to come back. Okay. Mark Shifley does but wants huge cash that doesn't make sense, yeah. like $11 million. Mm-hmm. Even 10. I don't think the Jets can afford in this market to sign a $10 million player. Unless it's a guy that's under 30. Like Pierre-Luc Dubois, would you give him 10? 
Because that's another roster spot. Uh, the, 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 it's his age. That's why I would. If, yeah. it, only if it's attached to eight years. It would have to be eight years. Seven, seven years, six, seven, eight would, years, it have to be, per. have to be eight. It would have so to be eight Huberdos, years. So the Huberdos, the Tachucks, they get yeah. 10, five, they get nine, seven, five. Yeah. Um, Huberdos over 30, but if you could, I would do the same. If I could get Dubois to sign it, but he's not. So there is a chance that with Shifley and Dubois not around going into next year, or during the year, there's $12 million there. Mm-hmm. So anybody you acquire this trade deadline, that's big game and top six, you could sit down in the summer and go, who wants eight and a half, nine, yeah. nine and a half million. And so we, we're hearing through the insiders that it's not Bull Horvat. They're not in on that. Yeah. But Timo Meyer is around, mm-hmm. um, Tarasenko, Riley. I'm just throwing names up there. But yeah. for whoever the name is, you acquire them and you put them into this lineup and you try and make a Stanley Cup run. And once it's all said and done, Cup or not, then you sit down and go, who wants the $9 million? Mm-hmm. Who wants the 9.5? If you can get that signed, then you also have the availability, okay, let's see what we can get for Dubois and Shifley now, which would be a lot. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't be, don't get me wrong, two number one centers back at you, but you would get another, yeah. you'd get a second line center for one of those guys for sure. The Jets are almost in a position heading into the offseason, no matter what happens. And hey, maybe maybe something happens and they keep PLD and they keep Shifley and everything stays right as rain. I, I, as, as I move forward here, and, you, and everyone who listens to this program, they know I'm a very big Jets optimist. I think that that is becoming less and less likely as things go along and we hear more things and stuff like that. I think it's just a reality that the general manager of the Winnipeg Jets, Kevin Sheveldayoff and his staff are just going to have to deal with. And and just like you said, Jim, it's going to be a 1A, 1B situation here. I think that also has to be considered here. Now, some of those guys involved in the in the Bo Horvat news, according to Elliot Friedman with Hockey Night in Canada and stuff, uh, the Kraken, the Wild, the Bruins, Devils, Hurricanes, Lightning, as well as as p- potential uh, suitors here. We got to take a break. Dallas, we- I hear, is heavy on Horvat. Ugh, I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear that. Dallas is heavy on Horvat. Uh, but and, and these are just the yeah. names that are out there. Kevin Chivaldayoff has a great resume of pulling names out that we're not even talking about. Dom Dom texts the show two zero four seven eight zero sixty eight sixty eight. We're talking about ten million bucks for a player. Dom texts in the show. Would you give that m- money to Helly at the age of thirty? Ten million. I wouldn't. I wouldn't give a goalie. We should talk about this. Yes, because I would not give a goalie. Let's nine talk to about this. Let's talk about this on the other side. We'll yeah. come back. Two of Texas show two zero four seven eight zero sixty eight sixty eight. Jets at noon on six eighty CJOB. Uh, some breaking news here. Uh, about two and a half minutes left in our final segment here on Jets at noon. What the heck are the Vancouver Canucks up to there, Jim Toth? They have signed rookie sensation, although he's twenty six years old, Andre Kuzmenko to a two-year deal worth 5.5 each year. So a team with zero cap, and who have said if they can't move some of the cap problems they have, they're going to buy them out, as per Rutherford, Mm -hmm. has signed this kid to, they've just put another 5.5 million onto the books that are already so heavy you couldn't carry those books to school on your own. Yeah, next uh, this year right now they're on tap for, they're paying their forward group 40.25 million bucks. Next year, without even signing anybody, and you're, you're going to lose some some players, obviously, like Bo Horvat, you're already tied up with 40.5. They actually have more money on the books in terms of their forwards next year, taking Bo Horvat's cash off the books. Now, he's been great because that team is awful. He's a plus player, and he's got 21 goals, 43 points, and yeah. 47 games. So I think he's a... F- Look, I don't think he's a five-point... One year in the league, 
He's on pace to score seven Why would five. You, yeah. So you could ask for six if you wanted to, but five and a, I thought he would be around a four and a half, five million dollar player in a three year bridge. But also, Cam. He's still on an entry level deal. He's one of the few you could move. I agree with that. I'm 100% with Like, of that. all the contracts that you could, can't move, he's one of the ones you could and get something for him. But I don't know. Like, the whole idea when Rutherford about three weeks ago before the whole Boudreaux thing blew up said mm-hmm. that if we can't buy, if we can't move players, we're going to buy them out. Yeah. Vancouver, you might as well just keep the players. Yeah. So you're going to get minimal room to Ooh. sign who. What and who you, is going to go this offseason? I want to be a Canuck. Well, and, and also, Jim, if you basically just come out and say we're going to buy these players out, and why I really would you want, trade for them? Why would you trade? You know what? Oh, yeah, I'll, I'll pick them up. I'll, I'll definitely give you Jim Rutherford. I'll give you, I, I want Brock Besser on my team. I'll give you a seventh round pick. We've been on the Canucks a lot, but there's never been a more apropos statement than who is running that trailer park, Mr. Leahy? <laughs> <laughs> Like, to announce that you're going to buy players out if you can't move them, why would I give you anything for them? We teased talking about goaltending coming out of the next break. We'll do that tomorrow. We just ran out of time. Of course, we want to talk about this breaking Kuzmenko news. We'll talk goaltending tomorrow for sure. Don't go anywhere. Would you spend $10 bucks on Connor Hallebach? That's a question we're going to ask Ooh, you tomorrow, and we're going to discuss that. it. We're going to discuss it. Anyways, that's it for me. I'll be back same time tomorrow. Thank you very much, Jeffrey Forche, for producing the show. Buffalo Sabres, Winnipeg Jets, pregame show at 5 play-by-play at 7 right here on 680 CJOB. See ya. Jets at noon on 680 CJOB.